Recently, my husband had an extended hospital stay. The number one question I received from well-meaning friends and family was, how are you going to take care of yourself while he's in the hospital? And I always replied with, the best I can. And they always persisted. No, really, how? How are you going to take care of yourself? I felt like they wanted me to say, well, I'll start each day with yoga and then use a calming app throughout the day to make sure my breathing is normal. And then I'll make sure at the end of each day, I take a bubble bath. I mean, come on. My husband is in the hospital. It is going to be stressful. I don't know what to expect. I'm going to do the best I can. The idea of self-care has gotten out of control. It isn't just yoga, bubble baths, and breathing apps. Self-care done well is the ultimate in self-loyalty. You're listening to The Happier Approach, the show that pulls back the curtain on the need to succeed, hustle, and achieve at the price of our inner peace and relationships. I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. This month, we are looking at how the self-help industry has sold us a bunch of toxic information. And for those of us with high-functioning anxiety who love looking outside of ourselves for the answers, this toxicity is especially troubling. My caring friends and family aren't trying to be difficult. I believe they have fallen prey to the self-help's toxic definition of self-care, which is no matter what is going on around you, if you do enough self-care, you will always stay zen and calm. And this just isn't true. First thing, let me put your mind at ease. You aren't doing self-care wrong. We just have a warped definition of what self-care is. So how did I do self-care during my husband's hospital stay? I regularly took breaks to chat with close friends and family, and I usually walked around the hospital while I was chatting. I set up a caring bridge site so I didn't have to update everyone all the time. I went home each morning and cooked a good lunch for my husband and I. I would turn on some music, dance around the kitchen to blow off steam, and cook us a good lunch. I love cooking, and good nutrition can be really hard to come by at the hospital. So my version of self-care looks very different from the yoga and bubble baths, but it works for me because it's mine. For the sake of this episode, I am defining self-care as consistently checking in with yourself and making sure you are taking care of your needs. Self-care can look like taking a walk, reading a book, eating a chocolate sundae, saying no, having drinks with a friend, cooking your favorite meal, finishing a project that has been bugging you for a while. In fact, self-care can look like anything at all, as long as it is something you want to be engaging in that brings you peace and joy. I believe there are three main issues with self-care for those of us with high-functioning anxiety. The first issue is that self-care is usually the last thing on the list. We are so busy doing and checking things off the list, we forget about self-care which is probably why so many people kept asking me about it before my husband went into the hospital. This is also why it is so important to expand the definition of self-care from yoga, meditation, and bubble baths to something with a bit more wiggle room. When we do practice self-care, we make it yet another should on the list. Self-care becomes something we have to work on instead of something we just do. Rather than making it a practice to regularly check in with ourselves and see how we are feeling and what we might be needing, we push and push and push ourselves to the point of breaking, and then we work on self-care. 
In fact, the Journal of Consumer Research has published research showing that Americans associate busyness and stress with prestige and status. How impossible is that? We say we want to be less stressed to find more joy, but we equate busyness and stress with prestige and status. We use Fitbits and meditation apps all in the quest for self-care. But for those of us with HFA, they become another thing for us to monitor and compete against ourselves and others on. Self-care requires no money. It doesn't have to be the latest app, the class, or the weighted blanket. Self-care is simply listening to yourself with kindness. The second issue is that because we're so uncomfortable giving to ourselves, we have made self-care and self-indulgence synonymous. We overspend, overeat, overdrink, and overdevice all in the name of self-care. Yes, self-care is individualized and it's also nurturing. Self-care doesn't give us a headache or a stomach ache the next morning. It doesn't cause our anxiety to fly through the roof because we ran up our credit card or have a hangover. Self-care is gentle, kind, and nurturing. Somewhere we learn that self-care is supposed to make us happy at the moment. But in reality, self-care might not make us happy at the moment. And it still might be the best thing for us. Every morning, my dog wakes me up between 5.30 a.m. and 6 a.m. And every morning, I think, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. He greets me with his tail wagging and is so excited to go on his walk. And we walk through the streets of our little town, usually not seeing a soul because it is so freaking early. Every day, I dread our morning walks. And every day, I love our morning walks. They make me feel better. They give me time to think. They allow me time to bond with my dog, and sometimes we can catch the most glorious sunrise. This is self-care. I don't bound out of bed excited to face the day and see the sunrise, but I know on the days I walk the dog, I feel better, and my day goes better. The third issue I have found with my clients and myself with high-functioning anxiety is we get caught up in deserving. When there's something we enjoy or an activity that makes us happy, we tend to put off doing it. Sounds crazy, right? But I bet you can relate. Have a stack of library books on your nightstand because one day you'll sit outside on your deck and read. Love painting? I bet you dream of one day taking your paints to the park and painting the beautiful picture. Know that journaling and working out in the morning helps you feel better, and yet you never do it. And not because you're lazy, but because everybody else's needs come before yours. We procrastinate and put off what gives us energy. We tell ourselves, one day, once everyone is out of the house or when we deserve it, then we can do the thing we love. This isn't about deserving. This is about being human and living a life where you get to do the things you love. Usually at this part of the episode, I give a strategy for practicing the subject at hand, but today's tactic is simple and easy. The goal is to slow down the go, go, go mentality so you can check in with yourself and start building self-loyalty. Self-loyalty means checking in with yourself first before looking to the outside world for direction and advice. Self-loyalty means you know what you feel, want, need, desire, and hope for. For many people with high-functioning anxiety, self-loyalty is a mystery. They have spent so much of their lives running away from their thoughts, feelings, and needs. Being curious about them feels downright wrong. 
So today I'm going to share some simple tips for building self-loyalty so you can engage in more self-care. Set the alarm on your phone to randomly go off a few times a day, or create a rule that every time you get into the car, hit a stoplight, or hang up the phone, you have to check in with yourself. Whenever you hear the alarm or do one of the rules, ask yourself, how do I feel? What do I need? Or engage in the five senses meditation. When your alarm goes off, ask yourself, what do I see, hear, feel, touch, and taste? You could do it with your eyes open. And you could take as little as 30 seconds to as much as 30 minutes. It's up to you. Building self-loyalty is a key part of getting out from under the constant search to better yourself. Learning how to create unique, individualized self-care rituals can help you reduce anxiety and be more engaged in your life. This practice will help you build the habit of checking in with yourself first. Over time, you will start to strengthen that self-loyalty. It's no secret that I have a bone to pick with the self-help industry. The solutions it sells leaves women living with hidden anxiety. Women like you, with more stuff to be anxious about. Or worse, it turns you off from getting help completely. I want to help you dial back the overwhelm and overthinking with a set of tools designed just for people like you. It's not woo-woo. It's not trying to positively think your challenges away. And I'm certainly not going to tell you to start living your best life. I work one-on-one with women like you to deconstruct why anxiety creeps up on you and give you something to do about it. Here's how it works. First, we meet for an extended 90-minute session to uncover your stories and habits. You know, the ones that keep you stuck. Then, you continue to work with me on demand through an app that lets you leave a message for me anytime you start to feel anxious or whenever you feel the monger attack. And I'll get back to you with action steps for moving through the discomfort and finding peace. Plus, you'll continue to meet with me for monthly sessions too. Working with me this way is incredibly efficient and effective way to deal with your anxiety in the moment without waiting for your next appointment. One of my clients said, having this seemingly on-demand access to Nancy helps me build awareness around my feelings and manage my anxiety with real-time feedback. And honestly, the mere fact that I can contact her anytime creates a feeling of awareness and reassurance that's been invaluable. Ready to get started? Please email me, nancyjane at live-happier.com, and we'll set up a free 30-minute consultation to see if this process is a good fit for you. Again, reach out at nancyjane at live-happier.com. Like the show? I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast player, and then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Do you know someone who struggles with high-functioning anxiety? Tell them to listen as well. I'm so excited to share with you the happier approach. To find out more, please visit live-happier.com.